Hey everybody, George here again with another episode of the In Good Spirits podcast. I'm here with my friend Chris. George, how are we doing today? This is the busy season for you. This is the holiday season. And whoop-de-doo. Yes, um, I don't know <laughs> I don't know how much of my bloodstream is currently caffeine, but it's probably close to 98-99%, and that is the only yeah. way I'm upright right now. <laughs> Oh, and you're, you're, the version of caffeine you take is like the most processed version of caffeine possible, right? Yeah, it's um pretty much <laughs> like the crack cocaine of caffeine, yeah. Yeah, straight into your veins, obviously. Well, what kills, kills me is uh, my normal go-to orange Red Bull has been, I think it's been discontinued or the pandemic has made it impossible to get or something. So I've been drinking Amp, which I haven't had since I was a teenager. Wow. And let me tell you, it comes out the same color as it goes in. <laughs> probably disturbing the first time you see it well i thought i was turning into you know the the incredible hulk or something you know, gamma radiation p <laughs> but uh oh. i know that's what everybody wanted to hear about tuning in today you know <laughs> yeah green pea. We're, we're here we're here to talk about a classy spirit you know finished in an amazing barrel and we start off with amp mountain dew this is the kind of classy organization we are here at the In Good Spirits podcast. <laughs> I have good news, though. My uh, The Steez Orange Organic Energy Drinks that I have to order from Amazon now have returned. I got them. Wow. So now I won't have green pea starting tomorrow. It's great to have organic energy drinks. I mean, or you could just drink coffee like an adult. Either way it works. <laughs> yeah, but... That takes time, effort, and I do a lot of, I like cold beverages in the morning. Oh, that's fair. And throughout the day. That's fair. <laughs> but So, George, what, what brought us together on this delightful winter evening? Probably one of the coolest whiskeys probably either of us have had this whole year, honestly. At least for me. Oh, it's so fascinating. And when, so, before we say even what it is. When I walked into uh, when I walked into Parkway, and I read the label, it, it's like somebody created something cater made for me. Like they, there's like, oh, we want to bring him in specifically to buy this product, and I'm like, yeah, this was made exactly for me. There's almost nothing that caters to my level of nerdery about our region and about well made spirits, and this this is like everything I want all in one. Yeah, it really. Like you, they needed to put your face on the label. It's it's literally, <laughs> it's it's the perfect whiskey for you. And I don't know what you thought of it yet because oh. we have not talked about it at all. But it's very much, it was made for you. But for those of you who can't see the out of focus bottle over my shoulder, it is it's a backwards. <laughs> <laughs> It is barrel. It's a private release of it done by the uh, the Skernick distributor or the distributor for it, Michael Skernick. And it is finished in Herman J. Weimer Noble Select Riesling barrels. And I will let you talk about Weimer as I know you have an intimate relationship with them. Well, I pull yeah, mine. I mean, uh, yeah, when it comes to when it comes to Finger Lakes producers, um, you know, Weimer is right, right at the top. Um they're, you know, an old school, you know, German started uh, Riesling place. And it's, 
their level of consistency, their level of dedication to making amazing wine in the Finger Lakes, from whites to reds as well. Um, but when it comes to Riesling, there's not many places that are going to exceed their level of dedication and quality, uh, either with the blends or with specific vineyards that they run, um, from the, um, the Yosef to the uh, Magdalena. I mean, it's just it's amazing um, the level of dedication they have to Finger Lakes wines. This is on the... Um, on the uh, west side of Seneca Lake, which that stretch of wineries from uh, from ravines to Billsboro to uh, Fox Run and um, Kemeter, it's it's just a murderer's row of Riesling um, with Weimer, you know, right in there. And the fact that we have this um, Kentucky Kentucky juice, right? Uh, this is bourbon from Kentucky. It is. It is all Kentucky juice. However, I'll just read right off the text sheet. Oh, sure. BH11 Private Release Whiskey is a micro blend of Kentucky whiskeys aged up to 18 years in X bourbon barrels and then accented with a 5 to 10 year old Kentucky bourbon and rye. It's then finished in the barrels we just talked about, bottled at 113.96 proof. The yield is only. 28 cases and four bottles. Oh, and uh, yeah, just, and uh, just to talk a little bit more about the finish, cause we're going to talk about what this means inside the whiskey. But um, when they're referring to noble select in this case, it's a uh, late harvest Riesling. Uh, a lot of people know Riesling as an ice wine, meaning it was frozen and concentrated. Uh, this is more on the late harvest uh, which means it stayed on the vines longer, and they're referring to a noble rot called Botrytis that brings huge honeyed notes to a Riesling, which can be delightful if properly balanced. And, I mean, it's when you get a little bit of those Botrytis notes in Riesling, it can be just ethereal in its, you know, those extra honeyed notes that get gets added to the other, you know, stony and, uh, you know, stone fruit notes that we get in our uh, Riesling from the Finger Lakes. Who would have thought fungusy, moldy stuff would make such great wine, right? Oh, yeah, it's so awesome. <laughs> oh man! But anyway, so, yeah. So when we're we're talking about this, you know, they're they've got old Kentucky bourbon. They brought in younger stuff to keep it lively, which they say accenting with it. Really, what they mean is they've got old, old bourbon, and they've got younger stuff to bring the liveliness to it, so it's not overly overly smooth they're trying to keep it a little bit sharp is what it sounds like yeah it's kind of a similar um principle to a lot of the high west stuff where you know some of the older stuff um i don't want to say one dimensional but it's definitely dustier and rounder and it's got a lot of depth but it's also not uh, it's kind of just not quite fully well-rounded in that nature and that regard, I guess. So the younger stuff brings more excitement, a little less of the astringency of too much wood. Cause uh, the unfortunate reality is uh, American whiskey really isn't by design made to get that old without getting a little astringent. So the younger stuff definitely balances it out and, uh, People like younger whiskey than they think they do is all I'm going to say on that one. No, I think it's, I think it's generally true. Um, you know, it's easy to look at more is better, but 
more isn't always better when it comes to this stuff. We've talked about that before in other episodes. Um, but I'm glad they did this because this. <laughs> I see George's face. I'm gonna what's I'm gonna do some smell. You know the the official the official term smell test for whiskey. <laughs> the scratch and sniff. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean it's you you definitely get the you know the vanilla y bourbon y you know typical bourbon stuff, but there's so much going on in the nose. It's hard to even discern specifics, but you know that there's a wine influence here. Oh yeah, because the honey notes are oh. huge on it. And definitely the bourbon itself is standing out way more than some of the rye they put in it. But I think what little does come through on the rye plays super nicely with the wine notes in there too, because it's a bit, a little of that grassiness, but it plays really nicely with um, all the fruit from the, the Riesling there. Yeah. And it's, I, I am getting some fruit on the nose. It's hard to discern what it is, but it's a bright, everything's bright on the nose. You get a little bit of that, that deepness from that, like the honeyed wine, but everything else is very bright on the, <laughs> George has found a visitor uh, for those on the audio version. Um, he's getting his face cleaned very nicely by his, uh, by his beautiful pup there. Yeah. It's uh it's been a few months since we've had a chance to to record, so of course everything everything possible is gonna go. However, ooh, but anyway, uh, man, the nose like the more, yeah, the more I'm smelling this, it's I'm just getting richer. It's it's richer but light on. It's dancing all over. It's you know pretty fantastic. I get those right those fruit notes though. I definitely get like fresh apple, like very mm-hmm. like. Like if you took honey and poured it over slices of apple, like really thin slices of maybe like a Granny Smith or Golden Delicious or something. Yeah, some, something with a little bit of sharpness. Because like I said, it has it's very lively on the nose. It's not like it's not like a cooked apple by any means. It's definitely fresh. You can almost smell acidity, and and it's the brightness more than acidity, but you can smell that brightness. Yeah, I agree completely on that. Hmm. Wow. Man, the finish the finish on it is so is so riesling because you almost get some minerality on the finish because the finish is dry, which is weird considering how much round, sweet, honeyed flavor is on it. But it goes quick. It's it doesn't linger for too long. This isn't syrupy like it could be if it was an ice wine. You know, if it was in a thicker barrel, but you get that, you get that Riesling finish, you still get that dry honey, but you get a little bit of that minerality at the end, which maybe it's suggestive, but I don't know. It finishes so cleanly. It really does. Mm. Uh, even though we skipped over the palate on that, I do, there's a lot to say about the finish here because yeah, it's got the minerality. It's got the spice of the rye comes through a little more. Mm. Uh, the bourbon definitely rounds it out with a little bit of carameliness, but it's very... Riesling minerality and rye baking spice, and it just comes out so dry, but it lingers too. You're you're tasting it for a while. Yeah, and you get some of that oxidation, you know, that longer late harvest part of it. You get a little bit of that. Um, you know, it rounds everything out at the end. But you're right when you're talking about the the main part of the palate. 
this isn't this is not a thick textured it doesn't have a lot of texture to it you know what i mean it's not it's not thick it's not coating your palate considering the amount of considering how high a proof it is this is what 114 we talked about just under yeah like 11396 i think it was yep 11396 considering the proof it doesn't it doesn't linger too long i mean it does because it has a long finish but it's not it's not rich on the palate although the flavors are you know that first hit is just it's sumptuous it's really really nice yeah without being overly heavy or rich it's got a lot of depth to it though like there's just Mm. layers and layers and layers of flavor there but it's not cloying it's not overwhelming it's not over the top it's very elegant yeah and i'm and it's weird now that we talked about now we talked about that drying effect like i'm getting drying effect on the top of my palate you know at the back of my you know back of my mouth it's it finishes so interestingly dry and it, it, this is never this isn't the kind of thing that's common like you don't see bourbon finished in riesling barrels much if at all and the fact that we get to try something like this um, is a credit to you know the flexibility that they've they've developed to try different stuff like this versus you know just the classics you know finishing in finishing in you know red wine casks finishing in port finishing in sherry finishing all this stuff I mean this is th- I've never seen something quite like this yeah this is I have seen a riesling barreled whiskey before I never got to try it though. Because I believe it was um, <clears throat> a contract job by a Finger Lakes distillery for an I don't I don't believe it was actually available in New York or something I don't remember but mm. so I never got to try it but if it tasted anything like this I'm sure it was incredible oh yeah but well it, it's it's not for everybody because I know there's a reason those are the common things. Because you know what you're getting with, you know what you're getting with sherry, you know what you're getting with port, you know what you're getting with all that stuff. Even though there's different versions and all that, but you know you're getting those huge oxidated fruit notes. You're getting that boldness. You're getting you know Bordeaux like, um, uh, like that one uh, that Irish whiskey whiskey we tried. Um, you're getting all those huge notes. While this, even though it brings a lot of character, it's not. It colors it a lot, but it doesn't dominate the flavor profile right and i think a big part of why we don't see that too though is there's not a lot of riesling done in barrels anyway mm. no it makes sense and especially here um here in the finger lakes we don't do a ton of barrel aging a, a number of places do um and it's welcomed when they do especially when it's done you know with you know aged casks you know nothing you know nothing uh nothing new yeah oak. no new oak it would, actually it would dom- dominate the um the those forge rieslings, those all see oak. But oh yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely relatively neutral oak by the time it sees it. But oh yeah, I grabbed. Uh, I mean, not not to pivot this into a wine podcast, but uh, Forge Cellars. Um, again, one of the absolute top of our riesling producers here in the Finger Lakes. Actually, just got. I think it was number thirty one on uh, Wine Spectators uh, top hundred list for uh, twenty twenty, which is. Amazing. That was actually one of the single vineyards too, wasn't it? I just don't remember which one was no, it. No, that's that's the classic actually. Ah, the classic. Okay. So that's um, so Forge does single vineyards as well, and then a classic, which is their blend. But 
Um, it's every year super consistent. And if you're a Riesling fan and if you like wine, you should be a Riesling fan, not to tell you what to like, but, um, and if you can find this, if you're in our area, you should be able to find it, but get some, have some, you're going to want to drink this. It's a phenomenal Riesling every year. Same with our Pinot Noir. But again, before we go too much into wine again, let's talk about the palate on this whiskey, the actual, like the meat of it, because Mm. it's definitely elegant it's delicate it's not overly cloying but like despite not being cloying there's like uh honeysuckle honeycomb like more honeyed fruit caramel vanilla a little bit of like a eucalyptusy baking spice yeah the baking spice is surprisingly palate surprisingly present but not on the front palate it hits in the it hits in the mid-range of the of the uh, process of the whiskey itself. Um, but right away, you're right, that that honeysuckle, you're getting that floral, but not, again, it's not over the top. This isn't like drinking elderflower liqueur. This isn't like anything like that. It's everything in balance. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And it's interesting, as your palate acclimates to the, acclimates to the, to the high proof, it gets a little drier. You know, that sweetness dissipates a little bit as you're repetitively hitting it. But I, that first, that first sip I had was that huge boost of that honeyed, lightly floral, all that stuff. Um, and the bourbon part of it itself is delicate is again, this is, this is not a dark, you know, this is not a dark spirit. This is relatively light in the glass. Um, you know, like a what a light medium, light medium caramel. Nothing, nothing crazy. Yeah, like a little, little darker than straw colored. Yeah, yeah, it, it very pleasant. Um, again, this this is lively. I think that's the best way to describe it. It's lively with enough maturity not to be dumb. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's it, it's a very you know it's got it's got vib it's vibrant, but it's got that edge of maturity that makes it easy to go back to over and over again it's not it's not just not just sweet on sweet on sweet it's wants you to go back it's like adding salt to caramel um Uh, on that note i get a salted caramel note to it too and like it's kind of buttery too mm, i think buttery makes a lot of sense in that that middle you know the first flush over your palate but that right after the first flush is very rich um, and again, we're, we're picking, we're picking that richness out of something that moves and dances on your palate. This isn't like a, you know, a aged, you know, some of the aged rums that are just butter on butter on butter. This is notes along the path as it, you know, as it bounces around your palate. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Something Ooh. else I kind of get. Have you ever had a sicer before? I don't think so. It's a basic, or maybe I have, but it's a co- co-fermentation of honey and apples. Well, apple juice or cider, rather. Mm. Interesting. Now that you mentioned it, maybe I had it once, but not not in any way I can recall. You know, I've had a couple local made um, um, local made meads. Uh, I think out in Medina, where I had some that were pretty well made. Uh, but not many around here. 
I'll have to I'll have to get you a few. But uh, Sicer's really cool, and it's got like a a honey appley taste to it because obviously it's honey and apples. But I definitely mm. get, especially because of the acidity from the wine, definitely comes through a lot. Mm. Man, this is um, this is a really really special uh, really special product. It's hard to. Like I said, it's not going to be for everybody necessarily, but I can't say enough that this is such a unique expression that if you love the Finger Lakes, if you love Riesling, if you love well-made, this is just well thought out. Everything about this is well thought out. It makes complete sense when you drink it. Yeah, it's just, it's damn near perfect in its own way. Yeah. And it's this is the kind of thing I'll be so happy to share with people to show them this this is where this is where you can go with a little bit of creativity this is where you can go with a little bit of forethought you know it's not just big bourbon to be big this is this is unique you're not going to see almost anything like this on any shelf yeah you're really not and also mm. the added bonus you get to say if i were in a bottle this is me <laughs> i i couldn't i couldn't have been happier when i saw it and i'm i'm so thrilled that they did this and that we got a chance to talk to it because this is, um, this is special. It really is. Um, I'm I'm super super happy that uh, it got mentioned and that we got a chance to taste. It. I'm glad you got some too, because this is. Oh, I bought a bottle. The mo- I the moment <laughs> it came off the truck, I cracked it open. It was there was no escaping me on this one. Mm. Wow. Oh. It is a little expensive, though. It is. But I think um, appropriately priced, though. I think it's actually yeah. worth the, the cost of admission on this one. Yeah, I think um, uh, we're... Yeah, this was uh, in the low 90s, I think it was. Yeah, like ninety two ninety nine or 93-ish, yeah. Yeah, you know what? It's You're not going to see expressions like this mixing, you know, old-age bourbon, new you know, unique barrel expression blended specifically to make this work. You have to pay for something like this. You're not going to get this at the, you're not going to get this at the comfort, at the easy, comfortable price points in the forties or anything like that. You have to, you have to pay for uniqueness of this kind. That's exactly, you you know, to have a meal from a Michelin star restaurant, you're paying for a Michelin star period. Full stop. No, no doubt about it. And a hundred percent worth it. Um, But for for those that end up coming over eventually to record once uh, once COVID has abated, um, I'll be sharing this with so many people just to to let them know this is what's possible with with bourbon and whiskey. This it's so awesome. Yeah, when things are normally going to be nice, I've already making plans with friends. Like, hey, when we're all vaccinated, we're getting getting together for Star Wars and whiskey night and things like that. Oh my god, I, I can't I can't wait until we can record in person here. Um, oh, it'll be I, so much easier. <laughs> oh my God. It, it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait to have people over, um, to, to record again. And I've been, I've been building up my, <laughs> building up my, uh, my cabinet library. So I have some different stuff. Speaking of cabinet libraries, um, I'm going to, I'm going to throw a curveball in here. Um, and I want to talk about Rye for a second. So there's something there's something I saw recently. This was on uh, one of the local Facebook whiskey groups that uh, that George tied me into. This was something about um, Canadian-made rye from 
from a company. I, I hadn't heard of them. I knew that they existed, but I didn't know anything about them. This is, uh, what is it, Alberta Distilling or something like that? Yeah, Alberta Premium. Um, how about this? You've twisted my arm. I have to buy a bottle, and we will have to do Ooh. an episode on it. So, a quick, really fast, because we'll, we'll just have to get really into it when we mm. actually grab some, but it is Alberta Premium, uh, the Alberta Distillery. Uh, I can't remember the actual name of the distillery, but they are the source whiskey for Whistlepig. Pretty- Which I'm, I've, I've been a big fan of for a long time, and I, I knew that it was sourced. Um, you know, their their classic label was sourced, and we'll we'll, we'll talk about more about this later. But uh, I saw it recently, and I'm like, oh, I didn't know they had their own product line direct. So I was like, oh, I'm interested to try something from them, um, because I, I I was sorting through my cabin, and I realized I only have one rye right now. And that's just that's just not gonna fly. I burned through some of the other rise I had, my written house and my whistle pig and some other stuff. So I need I need to fill out the cabinet with rye again. Well, I'll have to uh I'll text you when we're done recording. How's that? Sounds good. Um so I think the only the only other thing, um we were gonna chat for at least a couple minutes about regulations because this has been a hot topic for you recently and for those in and around the industry this is um you know any anytime we're talking about you know regulations and tariffs and all these kind of things uh they can be huge drivers for how the industry is going to work and it affects everybody affects purchasers restaurants affects everybody yeah i think right now because of well everything going on and an upcoming potential federal excise tax increase of 400%. Uh, we could lose about three quarters of American distilleries of all sizes. But wow, some relatively good news since we spoke last about it, though. There mm. is a proposed bill that would put an extension on not raising the federal excise tax. It has not passed yet, but it would be... A slight extension, not getting rid of the potential increase forever, but maybe, maybe, maybe January 1st, there won't be a 400% tax increase on distilled spirits. Now, when we're talking about excise taxes, that that's inside America for the distilleries where their taxes go up? Correct. Uh, so basically, every time alcohol is produced, period, there is taxes paid on it, and there's a potential 400% increase on those taxes. That's insane. And it's, it's already so difficult for the smaller distilleries because they don't make it the huge volumes of the place we just mentioned, like that Alberta distilling or MGP or the, you know, major producers of distilled spirits in the U S these are places doing much smaller volumes and the taxes and, you know, keeping their prices down is as challenging already as it is. And adding that on top makes a lot of it out of reach for a lot of general consumers. Absolutely. If people can't afford to buy the whiskey, you can't afford to make it. Well, we had such, we've had such a resurgence in the last you know 10 years with distilleries, not just in New York State, but all around the country. And the level of creativity on all this stuff is just exploding. And to cripple them like this would just be just be criminal at this point. It would because first the tariffs absolutely massacred export business for distilleries in America, and I don't care what anyone says. Uh, 
the number of Americans who would have to purchase more American will not be greater than all of Europe. <laughs> so like, the amount more well, we would have to drink of American products as Americans is just astronomical. And it's just not physically possible. So that hurt a bunch no, of distilleries. And, and then the pandemic is massacring distilleries too, because the increase in sales of beverages overall are not craft. It's comfort, big brand volume stuff. And then the potential increase in taxes would be the final nail in the coffin for a lot of places that haven't already hammered that last nail in. Yeah. Well, it's, it's terrible because, you know, when we're talking about all these, these are all small businesses. These are all, you know, these are all things that are local. These are different. And it's the same thing with restaurants right now. You know, all the, the large chains and the corporations are getting these, getting these benefits and they're able to survive without support from the government. Um, and it, it's so criminal that we're going to lose so many great local places that on all these things, we need to, we need to keep the businesses afloat so we can have, you know, amazing, we can have amazing things like this because these things don't happen from the major companies that everybody knows. No, they don't. These things can't happen. They can't happen that way because, we don't. You can't get these unique, um, these unique expressions. Um, like hell, the 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 one you you uh, pointed me to before uh, this uh, this Texas burn. We're going to talk about another time. Uh, this uh, this uh, balcones and it, this stuff that's coming out from all over the country is so cool. And this is this is why we want to do this, not to talk about the majors. Um, not that we won't, oh. but that's not why, that's not why we're here. We're t- here to talk about fun and interesting and exciting and all that stuff matters. Oh yeah. We're here. Well, we're here to talk about good spirits and you know what? It's not just the big boys are making them. Yes. They make a lot of no. them, but they do, but well, we'll talk more about taxes another time because it, this topic will never go away. No, never. Um, but what we can say for sure is that this expression of barrel, uh, if you want to look it up online, by the way, uh, this is their BH11 blend. Um, and this is uh, their Kentucky whiskey finished in Herman J. Weimer Noble Select Riesling Barrels. Um, if you do find it on the shelf, I could not recommend it enough. It's so well done. And if you're into well-made blends, they've got so many different options on their website, depending on what you can find in, uh, in your local store. It's I've had a couple other samples at uh, tastings and I've never had anything that I thought wasn't worth its time. Or not worth the cost either. Their stuff is definitely not cheap, but it's no. one of those rare instances where, you know what, this is worth every penny of the 90 something dollars. It was absolutely. Well, I think we're going to close out this episode of In Good Spirits. Uh, George, where can people find you on the interwebs? Find me at Whiskey Jedi with the E on Instagram. Uh, if you find the guy without the E, it's not me, but I'm following him now too. <laughs> uh, and you can find me uh, at Stromy on Twitter and Instagram, Food About Town on Facebook, and you can also find me on the Food About Town podcast. I recently released an episode with uh, Amy Mackimer from Herd Orchards. Uh, which was an amazing, uh, amazing conversation and hoping to record a lot more soon. It's a um, beautiful time to catch up with people. So everybody be good to yourselves and drink good spirits. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.